Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to this mini podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. The purpose of these episodes is to share how people in the music education and community music sector are responding in terms of their support to young people. Um, There's a lot that we could go into, the pros and cons of online, the financial and organisational implications of such massive change. But for now, I just wanted to focus on the support to young people. I wanted to say that every organisation, of course, has a different setup and a different capacity to respond. And there may be some people who are simply not able to continue with operations. So if that's you, I hope you're able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. And now I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who is Stuart Burney from services for education music is that right Stuart? service for education music service music service that's brilliant well welcome and thank you for making the time to talk to me so can you start by telling me briefly what your organization does yep so services for education really was the amalgamation of a couple of services that span out of the city council we used to be called birmingham music service and so we're now Services for Education Music Service. So we're still the music service in Birmingham, but we, we, we are a charitable trust uh, and we have a, a second strand to the organisation called School Support. Um, and they deliver all the safeguarding and DSL training and moderation to school teachers in, in Birmingham. So the music service, Services for Education, we deliver all the instrumental and vocal tuition to the young children of Birmingham. Looking back a few weeks ago, when all of this started, just really interested to hear, first of all, at what point you started to formulate your response to the situation and how you did that. Yeah, so it was also becoming apparent at some point that schools would be closing. We started to get um, some communication, as other music education hubs did and, and education leads did. The week before lockdown, a couple of weeks before lockdown, we, we were seeing that um, large events were being cancelled. Um, we do a lot of the big concert series in the March time, our spring concerts in the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire, and various concert events were being cancelled or postponed. But the actual face-to-face in schools was still going on during, just before lockdown. Um, so we then started to plan accordingly um, with what we thought was going to be upon us. And we had the message from DfE not to send teachers into schools. So we set about, I set about, we're quite lucky in Bergen because we are a large organisation. We deliver teaching to 38,000 children every single week. That's instrumental vocal across the city. The city's got about 208,000 school-aged children. So we we deliver to 38,000 of those. So it means that our staff base is currently 227 uh, either full-time or part-time members of staff vocal and instrumental staff. So we had to, it means that I got quite a large, unfortunately, I got quite a large leadership team underneath me. So I've got three deputy heads, uh, role specific, and then we have each head of department. So brass, wind, strings, percussion, vocal, etc. each head of department, and each head of department has an assistant. So there's quite a useful line of communication there I had to my advantage. So we came up really with three phases. Uh, we're in our second year, first of all, of running 
what we call our music school, which is evening music lessons, one to one, half an hour lessons from 5.30 to 8.30. So just before lockdown, we, we decided to train our music school teachers, which is about 35 of those in online activities. So they would get used to, uh, if lockdown came, and when it was to come, that they would, we could still at least keep our music school, our evening music lessons as parents and pupils, still keep that activity going. So in the two weeks of lockdown up to Easter holidays, it only took us four days to get those 35, 36 members of staff trained. And then it meant we could continue that area of delivery. That was sort of phase one. And we, out of the three phases, phase two then was really for all the members of the music team to create some videos that we knew would be very useful for all the pupils we teach and all the whole classes we teach, whether that's classroom music support with our vocal team in Key Stage 1 and Nursery, right way through to our WCIT, WCET classes in Key Stage 2. So really for the two weeks of lockdown and then the two weeks of Easter holiday, we created almost 400 videos of about three or four minutes each, which we've uh, put upon to our, well, we've created a new website for these videos to sit with the aim to share these, this platform and these videos with every single school that contracts with us in Birmingham. So the, the staff were very busy doing that. And then the third phase was to then train all the 227 staff in being able to deliver online one-to-one -one lessons using the Microsoft Teams app. So we deliberated for, for many days around whether we should use Zoom, whether we should use Teams or, or another platform. And we felt at the time there were pros and cons to all of these. So we stuck with Teams purely and simply because we have an IT department and they advise us on the security levels. So by the last day of these to hold us, I was pleased to say that Every one of the 227 members of staff were trained and were experienced, I'm pleased to say. It's not one thing being trained and there's the other thing being experienced. They had to do lots of dummy lessons in Easter holidays um, and go through all sorts of different scenarios of, you know, internet going down and people not being able to hear, people not being able to see, having the cameras right way up. But we have quite a lot of our, I'm sure they won't mind me saying this, if anyone listens to them, but quite a number of our staff would normally struggle with IT in, from a day-to-day -day basis, filling in registers. But they were all absolutely magnificent in, in taking this like a duck to water, really. Um, so we're now in our fifth week of delivering online one-to-one -one lessons to the children of Birmingham, and some teachers are delivering group lessons as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, a, a momentous task, really. But one of the main things along the whole journey was communication with schools, communication with parents and guardians around what we were trying to achieve by the end of phase three. And um, so it was important that we actually communicated to schools as soon as lockdown happened, what we were going to try and achieve from the first day back after the Easter break. So I'm pleased to say where we're up to now is we normally deliver something in the region of 2,600 hours every single week. Um, we're doing right about 1,300 hours of those 2,600 hours. And obviously we have some schools that don't wish to enter the online activity. And we have, I'm pleased to say, many, many schools that have done. And that's about 78 primary schools, four special schools, and about 55 secondary schools to date that are receiving the online work. And parents are loving it, absolutely loving it. And it's, I think it's just, it's made the whole contact with parents, which we've always found quite tricky with being such a large organisation, almost overnight. Uh, it's, it's changed how the music service are seen in parents and guardians homes obviously we wow. normally see a lot of them at concerts um, yeah. but to, to be able to connect with them on a different level is, is really quite unique and, and inspiring as well 
That's brilliant. How fantastic for parents to see their children actually, you know, learning music and seeing the tutors and things. That just really brings it home to them, doesn't it? How important it is to those. Oh yeah, and just being able to ask, yeah, being able to ask the the teacher a question that they wouldn't normally be be able to ask. We normally have practice diaries that we expect parents or guardians to fill in with the best in the world that sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't but all of a sudden for them to be part of the lesson particularly with the primary children where we're running these lessons we expect that the, the parent is visible for the whole lesson with the secondary it's been there at the start and at the end of the lesson either a 20 minute or half an hour lesson so yeah we, we've had lots of lovely comments from parents and from schools as well hearing from parents are you dealing directly with parents or do you go through schools to communicate yeah. with parents no, the whole thing has to be with the blessing and consent of the school to start with. So we, we are a service that we, we contract with schools. The only type of activity we contract with parents is, as I said, right at the start of this was phase one with the evening music schools where before COVID-19 came. This was our only direct billing of parents was through that line of delivery. All our day-to-day delivery is done through schools. So every single parent that's come on board has come on board through us contacting the school and then passing our information on to the parents to make contact with our teachers. So I know there are many, many music education hubs around the country which have a split delivery um, to parents and to schools or some just still don't with parents. So we've, I think we've had it the hard way, <laughs> so to speak, and it's taken quite some time. It's just meant it's, it's really helped with the communication and the speed of communication, I think, because the early days of lockdown, um, I think we're all aware that there weren't that many key workers or pupils at risk attending school. So it meant that the people that were in school, the staff that were in school, could give a bit more time to the, the uptake of this and give a bit more time in communicating with our staff the parent details so there have been definitely some benefits as everybody's been saying to me that they've definitely sort of seen some benefits it's really really hard to get everybody confident online though i just wanted to ask about training what did that training involve and can you recommend any any resources or any sources yeah. of support i mean the, the training was literally sort of a filtered down process whereby we trained all the heads department and management team first and then each each of us took eight further people and just passed it down that way of, of how to deliver lessons. Um, fortunately, we've, we've moved our internal system to 365 uh, some, some months ago anyway. So we've all had various bits of training because previously we moved from Google. Um, so that was that was a big uptake in training as it happened at the time. The only I'd say the only specific training which I'd recommend was um, we do quite a lot of work uh, in Birmingham with special schools. Um, and we do a project called Music of Life. We contract with Music of Life to deliver about 20 individual half an hour lessons to children in special schools across Birmingham. We have 27 special schools here in Birmingham. And some of this work has, has been absolutely amazing. So Music of Life recommended to us that they wanted us to do uh, some NSPCC online training. Oh, okay. um, so that, yeah. that, was, that was useful for, for those 10 members of staff who, who, who delivered that, that piece of work. Um, so, I mean, the rest of the training literally was our internal training staff to staff. I guess there's the, the whole kind of technical stuff and, and getting used to just using the, the technology Microsoft Teams. But then yep. there's that whole other strand, which is it's not the same, you know, teaching a musical instrument online is yep. not the same as being in the room with somebody. Yep. How did you sort of work your way through that? Or are you just still working your way through it? Yeah, I think, I think the only areas it's probably not working as good as, I mean, nothing can beat face-to-face, can it, really? Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain instruments where teams, uh, the, the wavelength of the audio drops out, so we've found that some of our guitar teachers 
when they're playing the low G string, that the algorithms of the app don't, don't quite work. But apart from that, I'm really pleased that nothing major has sort of been put in our way as a stumbling block. I mean, there are various stories because Teams only gives the small window in the bottom right-hand corner of the teacher's screen a picture of the teacher themselves. So when they're trying to demonstrate a posture, or particularly oh. a hold of a violin, if you're on a Zoom meeting one-to-one, -one, you can see yourself on a split screen. Yes. 100% size. Whereas if you're on a Teams call, you see the people you're teaching across the whole screen and you just see this tiny image of yourself in the bottom right or left-hand side of the screen. So for some of our teachers, it's been quite tricky when they're explaining the finer details. They're trying to show them, but they're not really sure if what the people can see is what they want the people to see, if you see what I mean. Yes, um, so, But apart from that, I mean, it's it's the next best thing, really. It's it's keeping the connection going. It's keeping the interest going. It's keeping the motiv motivation going. And being able to send music through or put music up on the screen to do some sight reading with the pupils has been a real benefit, really. And, yeah, I mean, everybody's IT knowledge and understanding has, <laughs> has developed somewhat. Um, people get excited when they say, I'm going to share a screen with you now. <laughs> I've just learned how to do this. I've just learned how to do that. That's uh, brilliant. It's been, it's been really, really good. And have you been able to take a whole class pupils online to continue to serve some of those the scores through whole class? I know, obviously, you can't do whole class. Yeah, how are you managing that? Well, obviously, at the moment, because we haven't got whole classes in schools and schools haven't come to us to say they have a large group in the school that they would quite like us to deliver anything to. What we recorded our videos for was for the very purpose of if there are children in year four or year three at home who would normally be having a whole class lesson, a decent percentage of those videos are aimed at those children in key stage two who, who might be in a whole class setting. I mean, this is what we're thinking about now is how, how do we plan for the autumn term and what do we say to head teachers around these are the three scenarios we could possibly be facing us in autumn uh, and this is how we're going to overcome them so that's, that's our next line of, of attack so to speak and um, so i'm looking at maybe having a teams meeting with a few key primary head teachers next week to say these are the three scenarios uh, regardless of whether we can get instruments out or if we're having to do it from social distancing within the school if we're having to do it from home delivering it into the classroom you know, we will be as fully prepared as possible. So much so that we've already started recording some pre-recorded half an hour, key stage one and key stage two whole, whole class lessons that we can give to school on June the 1st, just in case they have uh, an amount of pupils in their school after the half term holiday. I think so far as autumn term goes, we, we are expecting possibly to be maybe teaching the whole of the autumn term virtually, the whole classes, unless we're in a school for PPA cover and they may well want right. us to go in then um, so it's how a whole class lesson can be pre-recorded with the support of the ta or the class teacher in the classroom how we might be able to provide a virtual lesson live streaming through to a class i think it's possible we have the skills in the team to be able to do that i think it's just we're at the mercy of the other end of the screen so to speak whether they have the equipment in the school in order to be able to do that for us we are looking at preparing half a term or if not a whole term's worth of whole class lessons that are pre-recorded that the schools can use anytime on any day. I think there's a danger of saying you need to have your violin lesson at Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning in case the school day is, is you know sort of moved around somewhat. So I think pre-recorded is probably for us the way forward because of the sheer size of the service.
Yes, crikey, lots of different scenarios to plan for. I was talking to Nottingham mm -hmm. um, as well, and they're planning for however many different scenarios. It's be nice to have some certainty, I guess, but um, that's not going to come for a little while. Yeah. So currently, if you've contracted with a certain number of schools to deliver whole class, you're sort of signposting them to the, your pre-recorded videos, which the schools can use as part of their school day. They can say to pupils right now, you're going to do music and this is the alternative to your whole class. Yep, so even if they're in instruments, I mean, so a lot of our children who might play uh, musical instruments, uh, their instruments may well be in, in school. Ah, so right, we'd, okay, um, yeah. We'd then um, direct them to the vocal area of, of the website with the vocal videos and generic activities. Or for some of the teachers, we've used schemes of work on Charanga that have been set up for the children pre-COVID. Ah, do many of your schools use Charanga and is that something yep. they can be using? Yeah, we have about 175 schools in Birmingham. Primary schools have about 270 that are using Charanga. And we're, we're sort of heavily involved with Charanga and the schools in training the schools on how to use it every single year. Part of it is guiding the teachers on how to use it when we're not there um, or in other year groups. So a lot of schools might use it in their key stage one and then um, year three and then year five and year six. And then we deliver the whole year four lesson. So it's, it's training the teachers in the school on how to use it for the other the other year groups um, but yeah I think, I think it's a fantastic piece of software the whole music world that used to be is now called UMU is the area where we can set work for our pupils on has really developed somewhat over recent years yes well thank goodness for Charanga for a lot of schools at this moment and I should say for people that are listening that don't know Charanga it's an online resource for music teaching for primary I think that's right isn't it yeah, they, have a, they have a secondary they have Charanga VIP which is based at secondary yep. yes Oh, that's great that you're able to use yeah. that. Sorry to interrupt. The way it, I, I always describe Charanga as being, for those of people who don't know, Charanga was originally designed for the non-music specialist to deliver music in school. Yes. That's sort of a, a nice subtitle, really, because if it's the class teacher having to deliver it and they're concerned that they're not musical, you know, the lesson plans, the schemes of work, the pre-made schemes, uh, which we talk a lot about in our training to schools, is very, very straightforward. You know, they don't have to be a musician to deliver the Tranga lessons. Yes, and apparently it's sort of flexible enough so that if you are a music specialist, actually it's a really useful tool in your yeah. toolkit. Just talking about a whole class and your contract with schools, how are you managing the financial aspects? So I guess everybody's having to be very understanding of each other in this mm -hmm. situation. But obviously schools have paid for a certain number of terms of whole class. Are you sort of entering into those sort of conversations with schools? Yeah, we, we do something quite different in Birmingham. We, we, we call it a, a WCIT package. So therefore we build in what we call electives, the children who want to continue from whole class into year five and then into year six. So we have around about 380 classes every year across Birmingham having whole class instrumental teaching. And then we see about another five and a half, six thousand children carrying on from those 12,000 kids who, who play in year four. Um, so it's, it's a, a substantial number of children. Each sort of service level agreement with the school is not just for the year four, it's for the year five and sixes as a package. Oh, okay. um, schools sign up to at the start of, start of the year. And we, we, we say that we deliver no fewer than 30 lessons in the year. Obviously there are conversations that are going on at the moment and we're trying to support the children whilst they're at home and we ask the schools to sort of stand by us through this period which is very challenging and very demanding and it's we use our Arts Council funding and um, to help subsidise the cost of whole class instrumental teaching into schools. So I can safely say in public it is very very cheap for a school in Bowen to have WCIT mm. um, through, through the support of our Arts Council funding. Yeah, by, by communicating that clearly and carefully, there are, there are some schools that may well be asking for credit notes for the summer. We're, we're just saying, well, let's, 
let's just see what happens after half term. We may be in a situation where we can support you even more virtually if your classes are in, but we have provided this so far. Um, so that really should be covering if the pupils are accessing it at home, what we would try and go through if we were there in person. Um, we haven't said, like other services have said, we're going to refund you for the whole summer term. Um, we're not in a position where we can do that financially. Yeah, that's a tricky position to be in. That brings me on to with whole class. Generally, do your students take their instruments home? And if they don't, have they have you been able to get enough instruments into homes before the lockdown? A lot of them do, and many don't. Um, we didn't really have an opportunity to get instruments out to pupils, and schools didn't really get that opportunity. Um, a lot of schools... I'd like to take the lead on this and just say, even though our member staff encourages the children to take the instruments home to school, um, actually sort of jumps in and says, no, we'd rather the instruments stay in school because it's quite hard for their admin team to follow up instruments that may not be bought in week after week. So I'm not too sure at the moment how many are in and how many are out. So that's that's something we are planning to look at come July because we, we would need to get into the school anyway to actually clean those instruments off and prepare them for the autumn term for the new children who will be taking those on. So there's a whole line of communication depending on what's happening on June the 1st in schools as to whether we can get in to support the cleaning, to support the, you know, mending even of some of the instruments or tuning of some of the instruments that the children have been taking home. And so one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was you've already touched on this in terms of young people in special schools, but more sort of generally, what are the challenges for you in, in reaching everybody and making sure that what you're offering online is as inclusive as you can make it? Uh, I mean, I think the, the main challenges are, A, do the school want it? Um, and it's communicating with the school. And then really, can the child access it from home? You know, so do, do, do the parents or guardians, do they have access to the internet, have, have access to a tablet or an iPad or laptop? I sit on the Cultural Education Partnership in Birmingham, and we had a Zoom meeting yesterday with Music Mark and with majority of the music service heads from across the country and someone raised the question about what what is anyone doing for those children or parents who don't have access to the internet um so i mentioned what we're doing in Birmingham. what we're looking at is is going through local radio for those families uh, and providing um half an hour music uh, and creative arts and along with story time so basically primary level children uh, so basically a half an hour show of four or five different aspects there may well be some maths and there will be some drama some some dance activities some core subjects but every day there would be an element of music so we're in discussion at the moment with bbc local radio wm here in birmingham around whether it's possible to have some sort of daily equipment sofa school for all those families who can't access the internet there's one thing, you know, a school buying 900 laptops for their parents, but there's another thing of, well, can they, can they access the internet? Do they yeah. know how to use the equipment? It's very, very challenging. So I think one of the main challenges for us is people accessing. There are other situations where by some of the special schools, but some of the stories we're hearing are really quite heartwarming. We're, we're delivering some online lessons to some of our schools for the deaf, and it's lovely to see the work continuing. So, yeah, we, we, we're doing as much as we can as many of the children in Birmingham as possible. And that includes additional settings, alternative settings as well, pupil referral units. And are we being able to operate something new for, for us is online music technology teaching one-to-one -one for some of the children who might be in the 14 to 19 age bracket based around music technology, songwriting, laying down of beats, those sorts of lessons. So that's, that's a new area for us. We haven't really done much in the way of music technology before. But we have a fundraising team at Music Service, Service for Education, which we should apply for a lot of grants to do a lot of the work we do in special schools. 
and alternative settings. And that's been a real bonus for us in Birmingham to have that fundraising stream and arm of the, of the company. Um, so we're just hoping we're putting some future bids in in case this period of COVID continues but for longer than we expect that we can reach more pupils you know, whether it be virtually or putting stuff into schools that we can get home to, to the pupils. So that leads me to my next question which was going to be you know do you have any sense of what your next steps will be when lockdown eases or in fact when lockdown stops completely do you think that some of these things are going to continue in some ways do you think that they might uh, sort of improve inclusion for some young people? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, one good thing that's come out of this is, is the level of communication between either us and parents or us and schools. Yeah, could possibly teaching could look very different, instrumentally and music teaching and vocal teaching uh, in the future. How we maybe navigate cities and do we need to be in certain areas? Do we need to be driving around a city that's shortly going to be bringing in a clean air zone, um, which is going to present other problems to the music service in Birmingham? So, yeah, I think... It's been a bit of a rude awakening, but it's got us thinking about, do we need to have certain things that we've had before? Can we reach more pupils by having this online activity? Uh, I think definitely yes. I think for some pupils that we teach, you know, a face-to-face lesson isn't always the best lesson. So yeah, I think so far as inclusion goes, I think it's it's been a good thing. And it's got us really thinking about, you know, how we do look at our next steps when we are allowed to access children in schools or not as the case may be. And in terms of, uh, you mentioned the pupil referral unit and music mm-hmm. tech. Is the music tech based around the pupil referral unit work that you do? I don't know if you were just mentioning it in the same sentence or whether it is actually connected. It is. Yeah, it is connected and um, we're finding out we have eight settings here in Birmingham, five secondary and three primary. And we're seeing the schools themselves are wanting more instrumental and vocal learning because they may have had a lot of music tech before or vice versa. What we've found in the past is our, our staff have never been given access to the, the people with our units. We work very closely with Mac Mix Music in Birmingham fantastic organization there they sit on, on our music education partnership on our hub so they, they help us train our staff to go into these settings and put on courses for us as well so we're seeing now a sort of a growth area of people referral units wanting you know sort of classical instruments one-to-one lessons small group lessons as opposed to maybe just I quote a drumming workshop for example they want to develop their skills and their fine motor skills all their compositional songwriting skills. That's excellent news. And so are you managing to serve them online or has that, that not sort of happened yet? At the moment, not yet. No, we have a few alternative settings that we are, but as far as a pupil referral unit, it's not at the moment because we were literally going through the training course. Ah, right, um, okay. Before all this came in. Anything else that you'd like to say to other people in a similar situation to you, perhaps some lessons you've learned or encouragement or some signposting? Yeah, just stick with it. Listen, listen to parents primarily. Listen to listen to your staff. It's a very challenging process of, of teaching online. So, so being there for your staff, listen to what they have to say. Um, it's not easy. It's, it can be quite stressful. Um, so, so just having having a decent level of thought process around well-being, staff well-being, and being being supportive uh, in, in their need. We have quite a number of staff in Birmingham who live by themselves. It's highlighted. The need to keep in touch a little bit more with those members of the team. Mm. Um, I think it's a whole area we, we spend some of our quite a lot of our arts council funding on CPD of our staff and of school-based staff. We created some years ago now something called Real Music, which is separate to the bank of videos I was talking about before. But these are videos to help train teachers become better teachers of music. 
and we recently have just updated Real Music and we, we offer this to all music education hubs around the country. It, it is a paid for service, but it's a service that gives lots of video footage of different scenario-based musical teaching in schools and at different key stages. Uh, and we offer this out to universities. We run teaching modules with Conservatoire and University of Birmingham and at Birmingham City University. So they have about 120 third and fourth years every year do shadow teaching with the music service. Uh, so we found giving them access to something like this as well, a really opportune moment. So when now this has come along, they can't get into the schools to shadow our staff. They're, they're now having access to what we call real music learning platform, which we sell through the music service here in Birmingham. And that, that's been a huge I say, area of support, not only for up and coming instrumental teachers, those who want, are interested in, in teaching, but also as a support mechanism for the class teachers in schools because they can look at oh, how might you deliver a, a, a vocal warm-up to a, a class of key stage one or key stage two or key stage three how might you deliver singing in assemblies all those sorts of activities so it gives them a bit of time whilst they're not with their classes just as maybe look through real music and, and, and say oh yeah that's how you deliver that or oh, i need a few tips on how to work on range of the voice or range of an instrument that's really interesting i'd totally forgotten about real music but i do remember when it came out a few years ago and i thought it was fascinating so it's great that you've reminded people of that we, we were lucky that we, we launched it at our secondary music teachers network conference in birmingham in february and we updated it with about 70 new clips primarily based at the, at the primary age teacher and, and also with the new Ofsted framework coming in and um, with a deep dive, we've a couple of our school support colleagues who are Ofsted inspectors helped us put together some key questions and advice around the new framework. So there's lots of uh, short films on how to support uh, the curriculum uh, and, and what might be involved with the deep dive and how the music service can, can you know, sort of support schools with deep dive and, and curriculum activity. Thank you, Stuart. That's been really great to hear how you're responding in these difficult times. And, and like everybody I've spoken to, actually just amazing to hear how your staff are, are taking on online learning and adapting and being prepared to do something very different. So good luck with all that you're doing. And thanks again. Thanks ever so much yeah. for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. That's the end of our show this time. Thank you for listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes. If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.